1: Oh, what's up? It's Spiro Avenue. Justin Spiro here. I'm thrilled to be here. We had a couple of shows this weekend. There's a lot going on, especially in college football. We all know what the deal is. I don't have to uh, ambush you with anything like that. We know what's happening. It's on the horizon. We're going to get to that in a second. But first, I have to get to the sponsor. We always say they keep our lights on. This beautiful little lantern I have over my shoulder, they keep that lantern on. They keep all the lights on. Tonight, it's Superior Home Lending. My good friend, Michael Fick. You want to do a home refi, which I happen to be doing right now. If you need a loan to get that uh, Michigan ticket that you need for tomorrow, you could do that. Uh, Michael and I go way back. He's a Chippewa who happens to be a Michigan State fan. He's kind of like the reverse Anthony Broom and Chris Castellani. Uh, we love him. He's the man. And I got to say, I, I had Michigan State money line for a boatload last week, and uh, my kids are going to be eating Top Ramen. So I called my buddy up and said, look, I got to get some equity out of this house. Otherwise, my kids might not eat this week. Michael said no problem and hooked it up. Most of that is not true, but seriously, call this guy. He's the man. You can call or email to apply and see if you qualify. Go to superiorloans.mortgage. Again, look for Michael Fick, NMLS number 1159792 at nationwidelicensingsystem.org. Okay, now that the bills are paid and the lights will stay on for the duration of this episode, I'm going to set this up. Look, some people talk about the pursuit of greatness. It's a concept in life. You know, I want to be great. I want to pursue greatness. I talk about something a little different. I talk about the pursuit of great guests. I look for great guests. That is, I don't look at greatness. I look for great guests. But every once in a while, these two concepts intersect. And I can, at the same time, pursue a great guest and greatness simultaneously. And that's where we're at tonight. It's been a prolonged, Two year plus courtship with many twists and turns, especially recently, but we got him. We made it. I feel like John Elway when he downed to the Packers to finally win the Super Bowl at age 37. He's a journalist. He's a best selling author. He's always in high demand. He's got another interview in a few hours from now. He's John U. Bacon. Welcome to the Spiro Avenue hey, Show. Hey,
0: Justin, my pleasure. We pulled it off a two, year, uh, a two year courtship, as you said. Uh, me sending you dates, you sending me dates. I think quite working. I'm glad it all finally worked out. I, had, I admit my abject ignorance that you've got a New York studio here in your <laughs> yeah. basement for Front Out Loud. This is gorgeous. Fantastic. So uh,
1: good to be here. I'm glad we worked it out. I appreciate it. I know, especially now we're on the eve of a big game. We all know that. I'm going to set it up and then we're going to sort of throw the ball in your court going forward. So I want to set up this Michigan-Ohio State game that we have. We're, you know, not everyone watches this live. We are in real time just over about, what, 12 hours away. Uh, some people are going to be catching this tomorrow morning. But whenever you're listening, we're close. Uh, look, I've done a lot of digging, John. I've looked around. I've spent the last several days looking into this. I cannot find anybody credible. And what I mean is anybody that's not, you know, M. Go Harbaugh, 8762 on Twitter. I can't find any credible media person, writer, what have you that really thinks that Michigan has a legitimate, uh, not just chance, but like 50% or better chance. Nobody's picking them. And I I was thinking about this. I think it's kind of weird because when you look at everything in balance, I get the greater context of the last 15, 20 years. I understand that. But it's a rivalry game. Mm -hmm. Michigan's at home. The spread's only a touchdown. It's not like there's this huge gap or perception there. And it's two versus five in the college football playoff ranking. So it, I get like Ohio State's a rightful favorite. But the fact that I can't find anybody, not one credible person, anybody with a blue check mark that's saying, <laughs> yeah, I'm taking Michigan. I look even with OSU favored normally in this scenario, rivalry game, seven point uh, you know, spread, whatever the home team getting these points. I I can find 20% of people that are going to pick the dog, 30%. I can't find 1%. And this is like, honestly, I don't know if Ohio State has stolen Michigan's soul or what it is. Mm -hmm. I can't find anybody taking them. Nobody has faith in this thing. So I'm going to give a quick snapshot before we get it back into your court. We pulled just some of the clips that I was looking around for. This is sort of the vibe. One of them at the end is actually from this studio from Chris Castellati. But none of them are really leaning in strongly to a Michigan pick. So here we go. And this will sort of paint the picture for us going forward here.
0: Let's talk. By the way, I, yeah. Are you are you bracing yourself for oh. this game this weekend? I mean, I feel like the 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 destruction of Michigan by Ohio State started last weekend against Michigan State. Mm. So you have Michigan, who is a run, live and die by the run, so that's already a disadvantage for Michigan.
1: Ohio State's offense is going to score. So the question once again is can Michigan play you know, clock control? Can it keep the can it not turn the ball over? And I'm not sure that anybody can do that because all this defense has to do is cause a turnover here and there and do enough of just like keeping guys contained and this offense is going to do what we saw this week. So at this point, I'm under the gaze of at some point in that game, Ohio State's going to cause a turnover, and then the offense is going to take advantage of that, and that's game.
0: Where, where you You're going to say wow, but I'm going to say 45-24. I, I really, I just, which would be technically <laughs> closing the gap because I think we're talking the last time they played was a 56-27 uh, a drubbing in the big house. I think Michigan will be prepared. I don't think they'll make those dumb mistakes, but they're playing like a team that is just, you know, a leaps and bounds more talented bunch.
1: I mean, I gotta say, in my hours of research, the nicest things I saw were Joel Klatt appearing on Rich Eisen show saying, "Hey, if they disrupt C.J. Stroud, they might have a shot. Might. I mean, if they if they wreck C.J. Stroud's life, they might have a shot." My buddy, the Michigan alum, a good friend of mine, Scott Fink, he was in here a few days ago, just visiting my kids, you know, grabbing some stuff for me, and he says, "Look, I, I bet on Ohio State. Like, I'm, I'm betting against my alma mater." I'm at least going to get some money out of the deal. We have no shot. Now it's in your court, John. I mean, I, I, I haven't spoken to you about this. What do you, what do you make of this? Is it really that hopeless? Because I think Michigan's a pretty damn good team, and they're at home. So tell me what to make of this.
0: Well, uh, hopeless I would not say. And by the way, I should probably explain. I'm wearing scarred and gray right now. It occurs to me looking at your monitor. I didn't man. want to say anything. Uh, I, I swear to God, people, I just drove down from up north, stopping right. I see my friend here on the way back to Ann Arbor. So, Dumb luck. It's Miami of Ohio, I swear to God, where I used to teach. So, uh, But anyway, um, I would say this. I looked it up. First of all, get out of the way. My pick is Ohio State 35, Michigan 28. So I'm also picking the Bucks. I think they got a one in 3 shot, Michigan does, of winning this still below your 50% threshold. So I've, I fit your model, basically. Um, and I look at the stats the last 20, this, this century, which is no longer a young century, um, there has not been to my knowledge, I need to go back and check again to be sure. I think the only upset I can find on paper is 2018, when Michigan, when Michigan was fairly heavily favored at the horseshoe, a good team, good run that year, the revenge tour and all that stuff. Um, they lost by, you know, 20 to 30, some, you know, a swamping once again. This is one crazy rivalry this last two decades. There have been no upsets. Now, in the 90s, when it goes back and forth like crazy on both sides, and Michigan, Michigan State has been going back and forth almost nonstop for 20 years, I think. You can't pick that game. Uh, the, truly throughout the records, the, the numbers mean nothing, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. This game, they've held up very nicely, the numbers have. So they've seen no evidence since basically the 90s of when will Michigan as the underdog break this one open. It hasn't happened, basically. Uh, in, in, whole, in, your, in your memory as a fan, it's been just about it. Um, so that's the reluctance, I think. Furthermore, look, if you saw the damn game last weekend, Ohio State is clearly on all cylinders. They had the ball. They scored a touchdown. Um, they're playing their best football at the right time. They've got, and they have more talent than Michigan. I, anybody denying that is not looking at the paper that I'm looking at, um, especially a quarterback, I would say. Um, so I think Michigan's got a shot. There's a way to do it. Uh, but I wouldn't bet on them. You talk to any degenerate gambler out there, they'll always t-
1: they'll always <laughs> tell you, "Where are you going with that one?" Oh, I know a lot of them. you know, you'll, I'll weigh in the plane, I don't worry. I know I know there's a few in my inner circle. You know, some people accuse me of being one. I don't I'm a gambler, and I wouldn't say I'm a degenerate, but it's sort of a a common theme though, is not to overreact to the prior week. And part of the reason why Michigan marched into the shoe in 2018 as a favorite was because Ohio State looked like absolute ass against Maryland the week prior had no business really winning. They should have lost that game. The quarterback misses for Maryland, misses a, a receiver three feet in front of him, standing there in the end zone. A, a pass that you and I make. Uh, oh, in
0: my It like, with right. my
1: left hand. I the mean, back, it's, it's a backyard pass. Yeah, that was, I mean, that was a joke. Ohio State should have lost, and they looked, and that was not, I mean, no Maryland team is a good Maryland team. Even by (laughs) Maryland end, that was not some good Maryland team. And that was partly why you started to hear that, not just the Vegas line, but Ohio State's vulnerable. We overreacted to that. I'm wondering if this could be the reverse where, you know, it's the bizarro 2018. Because the corollary between the 2018 Michigan team and this Michigan team is there. I mean, they're, they're not mirror images, but mm-hmm. you know, same record, kind of similar outlook, uh, coming in hot. You know, I, I just, I wonder if we're overreacting to what we saw. I cannot tell you how bad Michigan state secondary is. Is there a chance that we're hyping up Ohio state, maybe a little bit too much based on one
0: game? I I'm a big believer in college football, not the NFL, but in college football, I'm with you. It's the roller coaster. When you're hot one weekend, you're, you go down the next weekend because they're 20 years old They're 19. I mean, It's your own equilibrium at that age, of course. So if I'm coaching Michigan in this case, I'd rather have them come in, or coaching anybody, I'd rather have them come in fat and happy and believe in their press clippings and all this, than ticked off my close call against Maryland. They got chewed out, you know, they did from Urban Meyer. Monday and Tuesday is probably a brutal good practice. Uh, I think that that actually will help Michigan not hurt them in this case. Will it... Get you the distraction. look if Ohio State plays their A game and Michigan does, I think Ohio State wins for the reasons that we've described. Um, but if they can come down a notch or two, they can believe their own press clippings. If they can, and look, not one guy in on that team knows anybody that lost to Michigan. Not just has lost themselves. You're, you're making gold pants down there like crazy. That's a risk business these days. So who there can believe? What 19 year old can believe that you can lose that game? That could be in Michigan's advantage. Um, I recall Herb Brooks who was a friend of mine, the 1980 Olympic coach who beat the Soviets. His great line when he s- scouted the Soviets the entire week, he said, gentlemen, these guys are ready to slit their own throats but somebody's got to be good enough to hand them the effing knife. And I'm not sure if Ohio State's there. Ryan Day, thinks a hell of a coach and got their heads on straight. Um, but maybe a 20-year-old might believe it. That could be a psychological gap that Michigan needs. Um, having said that, their margin of error is nothing. I mean, the, the, the drop balls, Blake Corm against Michigan State. Now, they made all the big plays they had to make. They had about 10 big plays they had to make, and they made them all, pretty much. It's pretty impressive. But Michigan had, you know, five, 10 chances to shut the door, failed to do so. None of that can happen tomorrow, and Michigan can win. Blake corm has got to catch them all. Um, Anthony and the long stuff, and against uh, Michigan State, of course, Cade uh, McNamara overthrew three or four guys who could have walked in. Um, none of that can happen tomorrow on beat Ohio State.
1: I'm, I'm with you. I mean, like you can't have the quorum drop where critical third down at midfield. He might walk in the end zone if one guy misses on the tackle. Either way, I mean, the drive's extended. But right. that was probably a touchdown. Michigan, I mean, that would be an agonizing loss for the Wolverines. There, I mean, it's one of those where you look at, like like you said, 10 plays A state Hit all of them. I mean, it was, you know, they... That's went, how you win a big game. That was tough. I mean, Michigan was sort of the rightful win probability high in that mid-game. You know, ESPN does that chart. Like, Michigan State had to walk a tightrope, and, and they got it done. I So you have it closer than a lot of people. I mean, Chris Castellani had it at, what, a three-touchdown game? You have it within sort of right at, at the line of yeah. the spread. So you're you're thinking they're going to be in it. What does it look like? Because I don't, I've heard everyone call in all week to 97.1 or wherever and say oh, uh, we need to win the turnover margin 5-1. to one. Like, look, if that happens, I mean, Rutgers was plus 6 in turnovers against Michigan State in 2020, and they beat us because if you're plus 6, I don't care if it's like a high school team, you're gonna, you might have a shot. Absent of that, I, don't, I think Michigan does have a path to win without a, a huge outlier fluke, two-pick-six kind right. of thing. What does it look like outside of the obvious huge plus 4 turnover thing? What does it look like for Michigan to win?
0: Uh, I don't think they've got to play out of their heads. Back to your point, it's not going to be some miracle or Ohio State's got to have 10 turnovers. Um, But they can't make the mistakes they've made at various points and expect to win Uh, against Michigan State. And I've said in last year and this year, Mel Tucker's outfit outcoached Michigan's. Um, And I'm a friend of Harbaugh's. and Yeah, I'd say a friend probably. He might deny it. I don't know. (laughs) Um, But anyway... um, but, I mean, Michigan jumped offside, you know, three times they weren't ready on defense because they're doing up-tempo, and they couldn't handle it. Um, that, I mean, th- there's no margin for any of that against the buckets. It wasn't against the Spartans. Um, so dumb mistakes on defense like that can happen. Um, the, the drop balls are a big deal. Cade McNamara cannot be overthrowing guys who've got separation. you you got to drop it in the bucket. Um, they've got to do all those things uh, just to avoid the unforced errors. Then on the other side, you got Ojabo and Hutchinson. They got to keep Stroud running all day long So you give that guy time. Michigan's cornerbacks are probably better than Michigan State's, but not that much better. Um, Michigan State did a good job hitting the flats, moving the ball downfield. Um, that can't happen either because if those guys, if Stroud's got time, they're going to lose. If he has, he's got time all day long, they're going to lose.
1: That to me is, I mean, you said it. That to me is the biggest one personally. Like, those two, I don't know they don't have to live in the backfield, but they have to go on a long vacation in the backfield. Like they don't have to pay taxes. Frequent flyers. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They they gotta be they gotta be frequently flying back there. Because Stroud, look, I mean Stroud is favorite or co favorite to win the Heisman. He's phenomenal. It's not. Nice. Well,
0: and then, of course, Mister Walker's right in that list. But, but
1: hey. oh, that's 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 buried now. Unfortunately, we have a six carry outing <laughs> and a blowout loss. See you tomorrow. He's uh, he's probably done. But you know, it's not to knock on Straub, but the reality is, as great as he is, like most quarterbacks, if you get in his face, he kind he doesn't
0: do very well. That's that not seems be- the case, and the problem is, no one really knows because that o line is pretty damn good, uh, and it's been hard to get to. So. If you can get to him, can you rattle his cage? I recall a friend of mine who does UFC, you know, Ultimate Fighting. He loves undefeated opponents because those guys have never been hit in the mouth. This is kind of that case. Oregon hit him. Um, Nebraska gave him a scare. Penn State gave him a scare, but they've not been they've not been behind the eight ball late in the game where you think you're you're screwed. Yeah. Um, and that I mean, you're you're pulling for straws here, granted, um, but if you get him behind by seven or ten fourth quarter, who knows what they have. Uh, no one knows.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it, that's the thing. I, I think, and I've heard other people say this too, Joe Klatt's been big on this train, and I agree with him. He's picking Ohio State, but he does think, as I do, that this Michigan team is the best positioned in the last 10 years at least to beat them based on those, those defensive ends. They have not seen a combo that good all year. Mostly because they're probably the best pair in the country, I would argue. They're right up. I mean, those two guys are phenomenal. Hutchinson, that guy, talk about living in the backfield. That guy lived in the backfield in East Lansing. I, it, I, I don't know. It's a miracle we won that game with the defensive end who was shaking hands with the quarterback every single dropback. I mean, it was crazy. So hey, well, all I can say is Walker,
0: Walker, Walker.
1: Uh, he he got the job done. I want. We talked about it a little bit. Let's get back into it. The 2018 Michigan team, I think, is somewhat instructive. It's the last time Michigan fans that I know, obviously, they were favored in the game, felt this mm-hmm. good going in. Similar case, rolling in at ten and one. We mentioned it. Ohio State barely escapes Maryland the week prior. Michigan's favorite in the game. It's all kind of set up. ESPN, right before the games, day of the game, it's like leading into the game, 10 minutes before kickoff back in 2018. They played a feature about the revenge tour, talking about it. We spliced it up a little bit. This is what they played in 2018 on the Michigan side, right before kickoff three years ago.
0: He feels like we've been bullied in the past and you know they, they've taken our lunch money and now the bullying is over and we're coming back to get it. Psychologically, competitively,
1: demonstrably, the tour has made three stops, all with the same result. We're just getting after it, we're having fun and uh, we got revenge to give out. Michigan's tour has one more stop and the audience won't be cheering. That is exactly the point.
0: What is the best kind of revenge? Win. Simple as that.
1: So, I mean, that sets the table. Michigan's brimming with confidence. They're a four-and-a-half-point road favorite going into OSU. I, I mean, for the record, that's an equivalent of saying if they were at home, they'd be a <laughs> ten-and-a-half-point favorite, right, the, the six-point Almost sweep. unheard of, right? I, it's just it, insane in hindsight. They end up losing 62-39 to 39. I'm wondering, I mean, first of all, I don't know. We don't have to get deep into 2018. I I don't know what happened there. I thought that team was pretty well situated, too. But I'm wondering if they're not better off now. They're a lot more quiet. They have all the boxes checked where they got the the snarl. They got the record. They've they've got a pretty damn good resume. They're in the top five in the rankings. Like All that's similar to the big differences. We're not going to see a feature like that where they're coming in like a WWF wrestler, hanging the belt over their head, talking shit. They're, they're kind of walking softly and carrying a big stick here. Is that fair? How do you read this?
0: That's the smarter way to go about it. The last thing you want to do is poke the bear, right? I mean, give any team, the Michigan-Michigan State rivalry, the same thing. Once in a while, the big talking team wins, but usually it's a team that shuts up. It wins. Uh, there's a lesson in that, obviously. And I mean, if you believe all that, just keep it yourselves. Uh, don't give the other team old school stuff. Once in a while, it's good to get out, open your mouth, but I don't think very often. Um, and again, wake up the bear in this case. Ohio State, if they play their best game, Michigan's in real trouble. So far better that they're overconfident, perhaps. Um, I mean, again, the last that last game, they're on all cylinders, clearly. Um, so I think it's probably better taking that approach. We know this for sure. The revenge tour didn't work at Ohio State. That's <laughs> I, I, we have numbers on that. That's that's patently obvious, and. Uh, Ohio State, man, that day was a different team in Maryland. I was down there that day. I was finishing the book overtime. I could not find one person, like you said about Michigan, taking, being not favored by anybody this time around, around the horseshoe, fans, former players, coaches, people I know, uh, media guys in the press box. I could not find one person to take the Buckeyes. Everyone was just you know, girding their loins, waiting for bad news, and it did not happen. Uh, by a long shot. So who knows tomorrow, but I think you increase your chances by shutting up.
1: Yeah, you were in the, and you mentioned it, kind of in the throes of that. And, you know, I I had read um, overtime, which is phenomenal book, by the way, which well, thank I, you. I have to say three and out, which we'll get to in a little bit, uh, in a small portion later is to me like top five sports book ever. I'm um, a huge fan of three and out. I, it's phenomenal. I don't know how they keep letting you have this access. It's just I the coaches. <laughs> so you haven't burned, you haven't burned them yet. Maybe that's why, but it's like, I would, if it were uh, my
0: program, well, I'd be like, well, no well, one idea would disagree. But anyway,
1: uh, if <laughs> we'll actually get to that too, that's, that'll be later. Uh, in, in, passing if anything else but it just you were there you're you're writing a book on it mm-hmm. actively you weren't a mole you weren't hiding an event like
0: mm-hmm.
1: their attitude going into that game I read your book but not everyone has like they,
0: they had complete and total confidence
1: exactly they were but loudly like outwardly confident yep I like what they're doing now I you said I think it's better I, I feel like I'm trying to talk myself even though I'm rooting for Ohio State for the record <laughs> but I feel like I'm trying to talk myself into it but I just like Michigan's attitude. They're, they're a rightful underdog. Ohio mm-hmm. State, I think, is better. Yes. But I, I'm with you. If Michigan plays a little bit better than Ohio State, you know, Michigan's A game, Ohio State's B-plus game, I don't think the gap is insurmountable. I just don't. But I mean, you were there. What, what was your take 2018, and were they too confident going in? Uh,
0: in hindsight, we can certainly believe that. Um, I did not know what was going to happen beforehand. Like everyone else, I probably thought this is the year. It's the Maryland game the week before. Now, this is a bad Ohio State team. These guys are not good. Um, they'd gotten smoked by Purdue, of course. You recall that game. It's like, what's going on with this team? It's not an, not an Urban Meyer team. Um, well, they were, it turns out. And Don Brown, I like him personally. I think he did a hell of a job in many ways. But eventually, his, uh, his defense got sorted out. And, and, they, and they picked that apart. Furthermore, they had three or four plays, when the game was still closed in the third quarter. Three or four plays, a drop ball, and so on. You just can't have those things in games like this. I'm sympathetic to the guy who drops it. The Game's hard. I don't care what team you're on. It's, it's very difficult to play this game. And yet in a game like that, you just can't do it. And, you know, tight ends dropped them in that game. And Shea Patterson made some mistakes you can't make. Um, and then once the – it could happen tomorrow also. The wheels start wobbling. Ohio State will tear you apart. Uh, that's what happened last week in a course. Once you get up to a start like that, you're in big trouble right away. Uh, one advantage, of course, is Michigan is at home, um, although it's Thanksgiving weekend. Half the students are gone, and you'll see a lot of red up there. You're gonna hear a lot of red, I think, in the stadium. So I State say it will not be lonely. Uh, in that environment, uh, and they've so, converted
1: you to the red here, so yeah, yeah, out, well, you, <laughs> uh, <big laughs> out, you on their side. So, I mean, you're you said, you know, friends with Harbaugh, whether it's family, friends, whatever, you know, we'll call it friends.
0: I mean, I he don't mind, we, we don't talk on the phone, it's not like that.
1: Well, so. I don't know, it, not bad. he's he's an odd guy. I will talk about him in a second, actually, mm-hmm. too. I mean, I never met him, you, you can speak to it more than I can. He comes off to me as, as peculiar, I'm actually a big Harbaugh fan, but um, uh, you know, is I, that allowed in your well, green and white. <laughs> wait, wait till you see some of the stuff I said when they hired him, man. The Harbaugh's in the next segment. I want to put a button, though. You, I don't think you're writing a book uh, that we know about, no, right? You're, you haven't been in the locker room no, this that, year. The book
0: is around here somewhere. So, you but
1: you, you've seen the guy prepare for this game in particular. You've seen him prepare in a very similar spot, 2018. You know him personally. You're friends with him. You had to guess. What is Jim Harbaugh's message this week? How is he running the
0: Michigan-Ohio State week this week? Uh. My guess is, and I'm not in the locker room, I'm not talking to speculation, sources, this right. This is speculation, um, that it's all about confidence. Because no one there has ever beaten Ohio State or come all that close, frankly. I mean, who's been around for, since 2016? Nope, none of these guys. Um, that's the last time it came down to the wire, basically. Um, so it's got to be a, an internal pump-up job on that, on that front. Um, you know and demystifying Ohio State, I think, is the deal. If I'm Ryan Day, I do the opposite. I try to get my little scares, and this, this team can beat you, watch out. Um, as the phrase goes, "Respect all, fear none." That's both sides in this thing. Um, that said, what's underestimated with what Jim did, I mean, Ward Manuel tore apart his contract, cut his salary in half, basically from more or less eight million to four million. A lot of incentives in there. He can get it back, but he's got to earn it by beating Ohio State, winning division. All this other stuff. But it was basically a year-by-year contract with very little buyout. And you got to give him credit for this. He swapped out six of his 10 coaches, including Don Brown, guys been around for a long time, guys he liked, friends of his, um, and brought in Michael Hart, brought in um, Ron Bellamy, guys like this, um, that have worked out incredibly well. I think he's delegated a lot of the camaraderie and the team spirit to those guys who are younger, 35-year-old guys, with the guys, and the guys are responding. The body language last year in the Michigan State game, Granted, it's COVID. There's no one in the stands. The whole thing is just eerie and weird. But Michigan, this is week two. They just beat a ranked Michigan, uh, Minnesota team. Uh, Michigan State just lost to Rutgers. You think this is going to be a debacle, right? I mean, the spread was ridiculous. Michigan did not want to be there, and Michigan State did. And they played like it. They, they, beat, they outplayed Michigan flat out. Um, this team wants to be there, is my impression. And uh, that will go a long way tomorrow. We'll, we'll see how far it goes. But without that, you have no chance. When we had Connor, it's
1: just interesting what you said about 2020 really quick. Connor Hayward was on the show. Uh, he just announced he's going to be done after the uh, the year here. Mm. But he, I was asking about the 2020 game, and he said Michigan from the jump had like no fight. And I, I don't know if he phrased it exactly like that they didn't want to be there, but he said they had no fight. Like they didn't, they, they just had and, and what no, is the, what is that? Snarl to them at all. And
0: it's, uh, again, you're, you're ranked 15th or whatever, 10th or whatever else at that time. Yeah. You got, you got plenty to play for it. Uh, you know, Paul is Paul. Um, yeah. And, and for a player, I mean, I'm watching on TV. I was not even in the press box for that game. So if he on the field says that, well, you got to know. The, the linemen know right away who wants to be there and who doesn't. And Michigan State wanted that game, and they they pulled, a, I think, a pretty major upset. They deserved to win.
1: Yeah, that was a bizarre one. But so let's get back to Harbaugh. Look, I, I'm a transparent guy, John. I Look, I, I put my own bad takes up there. I, you know, you mm-hmm. can make what you want of this. But I was openly scared and respectful of Harbaugh. I loved him in the NFL. Like, I was a big, not 49ers fan, but, you know, I— liked him. I liked seeing him do well. I'm an admirer of his and, and was going in. I was not happy as a Michigan State fan when Michigan hired him. I had a lot of uh, qualms with this. I, I was uh, shivering a little bit. So I'm going to put this just so if anyone accuses me of being a blind Harbaugh hater, I can't be objective about Michigan. I'm certainly biased, but I can be objective. I can be fair. Here's what I was saying when the Jim Harbaugh news was sort of percolating and then going into the hire. <laughs> Quote, this is December 18, I think like right before they hired him. I hate Michigan as much as the next MSU guy, but acting like Jim Harbaugh wouldn't be a terrifying hire is beyond disingenuous. So that's me. So moving on, this is for you, John. This is me, at Michael Rosenberg. If Michigan hires Harbaugh, I'm not even sure you could ruin it. (laughs) That is a a nod to three it out. Uh, That's sort of inside, but I put that in there for you. And then this is the real doozy after the Michigan hire was official with Harbaugh. January 17, 2015, quote, Best hirings in Michigan sports history. Number one, the best ever. Jim Harbaugh to Michigan ahead of D'Antonio to Michigan State. Scotty Bowman to the Red Wings. And this one's almost as bad. That's Van Gundy. It's an inside joke. Vondy to the Pistons. So I had this as the best hiring ever. It's And so, I mean, this is me, again, I will put a button on this. This is like a year later. He's already a year into his tenure. Right. It's disturbing how many Michigan State fans are still acting like Harbaugh is no big deal. You would think he squelched any doubt. U of M will be in the college football playoff within two years, which would have meant either that year, 2016 or 2017. I will say I threw one in there that wasn't me, so I would feel a little bit less bad about my own self-esteem. Kevin McGuire, quote, Charles Woodson buying into the Harbaugh hype. Says Michigan will be the first Big Ten team to win two college football playoff national titles. So Charles Woodson agreed with me. This was out there a lot. And and look, this is I I put this in there to frame that. Look, it's not a Michigan State guy just shitting on Harbaugh because I'm a Michigan State guy. Like I, I was a huge fan of his. I was fearful of him. You're a big narrative guy, John. You're an incredible storyteller. One of the best storytellers in the sports genre, maybe just period. Big fan of your writing. This to me seems like a to use the cliche narrative game, this is, this is a story game oh, in the story of Jim Harbaugh. What is the Jim Harbaugh story from the master storyteller, John? What is the Jim Harbaugh story if they lose tomorrow? Because if that happens, they're 10-2 and two with losses to Michigan State again, losses mm-hmm. to Ohio State again. Hasn't this been a failure? Isn't the story a failure at that point?
0: To a big chunk, the reason you can't find Michigan fans are excited about the game, they're, they're interested, they're anxious about it, they're eager for it, they're gonna watch, they're gonna they're, they're selling tickets and all this stuff. You're hard pressed to find any Michigan fan out there that I've seen out there saying, Oh yeah, it's gonna happen, can't wait, 2018, all that stuff. It's it's Charlie Brown it's Charlie Brown and Lucy. I mean, it's 20 years of thinking you're gonna kick the ball and it never happens. So, they're, they're not on board with both feet. They're very cautiously optimistic, I would say. Um, and likewise, and the reason is this I mean, 10 and 2 is a good record. Those, you know, still be a top 15 team. They'll go to a good bowl game. All that is check, check, and check. And you lost to Michigan State and you lost to Ohio State. And that will be the lingering fact. I mean, he'll be the coach next year. There's no way you get fired at 10 and 2, I don't think. Can't imagine that. Um, but as I joked before, some Michigan fans are not happy unless they're not happy. And they will not be happy about that. And I would also say that, as a rule, you win you lose. Who cares? But in this case, style points will count for something. If you go down to the wire, you played well, and you wanted to be there, as we pointed out to 2019 or 2020, sorry, the Michigan-Michigan State game. Then they'll score some points for that with the Michigan fans, I think, and probably the national audience. If they get blown out again, you know, a 20-point game, then watch watch the internet tomorrow night. Pitchforks and torches. It'll be. The, the 10 wins will get almost erased in the minds of many Michigan fans. That's that's where it is.
1: And I think that's fair. This is not year one. This is not 2015 or 17 or 19. I mean, we're seven years into this thing. Uh, look, you have to play the games. We've, on this show alone, discussed multiple blowouts, but I think it's probably safe to say they would have lost last year. Put it's <laughs> putting, it, putting it out there. Throwing it out there? I, I so I, it just At some point, like – uh, look, Woodson had them national tight tolls, plural. I had them national tight tolls, plural. Mm-hmm. They haven't even been to Indianapolis. I, I just, I know, look, I'm putting you in a tough spot because you are friendly with them. You know, no, I understand. No, I, but, like I'm,
0: I'm a reporter. Don't worry about th-
1: it. But this is not why he was brought here. He was not brought here to go 10-2. We've already seen that. I And you said it. If they lose a close one, I can see Michigan fans without any cognitive dissonance talking themselves into, McCarthy's going to be a star next year. We're, we're this close to a really good Ohio State team. Mm-hmm. Let's run it back. But if they get blown out, forget Twitter. I mean, Twitter, Twitter's nuts. Twitter, right. Twitter wanted Scotty Hazelton fired from Michigan State after one game. I mean, it's, it's <laughs> like they were. We were trying to run Narduzzi out of town for years, and then he ended up being a top five defensive coordinator in the country. Like, right. literally, won the assistant of the year award. Like, Twitter aside, isn't it? A fair non-Twitter pitchfork mob take to say, look, I mean, whether or not they're going to fire him, this just isn't going to work out. I mean, is that unfair? If they get blown out, I'm saying.
0: Oh, um, well, that'll be out there. Look, I mean, it is year seven. And in your defense, by the way, all the things you wrote, everyone else is writing also. That, I mean, I didn't. people loved Harbaugh or they hated him. I didn't hear anybody say he's not, not going to succeed. Question is, could they get him to Ann Arbor and could they keep him? It was not a question of will he succeed. That was, I, I didn't see anybody saying this guy's going to fail or, or, or be B-plus, not just fail. This is, right, right now, is Barnett Ronald B-plus, basically. Three and four against Michigan State, uh, seven years. Um, obviously, 0-6, 0-5, six, six, I guess, because not last year, but might as well be. Um, who saw that coming? I mean, no one picked that. I didn't pick that. Um, I, his biggest haters didn't pick that. Uh, so this has been surprising. And again, the old questions were, can they get him to Ann Arbor and can they keep him? Now the question is, I mean, last year, I don't know anybody in the NFL who's bidding for his services at this point last year when they're 2-5, and 2-4, and four, sorry. Um, so big narrative. Ward is going to keep them. Ward, manual the AD, I'm sure that regardless. They'll go to a good bowl game regardless. That'll have an impact too, how they do in that bowl. But uh, they don't have to win tomorrow night or tomorrow for Harbaugh to be in good stead, but they got to battle to the wire. If it's a 2016 game, the fans will forgive it, I think. Most fans will. Uh, if it's 2018, it'll be a whole lot of discontent.
1: Why do you think it hasn't worked? Why did we all get this so wrong? Because I, everyone says, oh, you know, it's not a Michigan problem. The whole Big Ten has an Ohio State problem. To a degree. But little itty-bitty little brother Michigan State has taken down two undefeated Ohio State teams. Mm-hmm. Once on the road with two backup quarterbacks, and another time in a neutral site, derailed two national championship teams. Potentially, they were both undefeated going right. in. Ohio State still has our number overall, but we got two. I mean, we beat two really good Ohio State teams. Neither game at home. Like, I, I just, how do you not have one? What, why do you think it hasn't worked? What, what, what has been the shortcoming with Michigan? Why haven't they gotten it right?
0: A great question. It's a head scratcher, frankly. Although. You're very self effacing here. Itty bitty Michigan State beat Michigan eight out of 10 times under D'Antonio, which we've well, we, 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 yeah, there you go. Well, yeah. <laughs> it's not that I'm sure that. it's your fans watching tonight, but I mean, Biggie Munn and Duffy Doherty couldn't go eight and, ten, you know, eight and two during that stretch. Yeah. That was hats off. That was flat out impressive. Like I said, deep underdogs, what, backup quarterback in the rain down in Columbus, and they pull it off. That's my point earlier about the, the utter lack of upsets from Michigan during the last 20 years. They haven't pulled any rabbits out of a hat. 95, in the 90s, they're doing it all the time against better teams, uh, better Ohio State teams. So it is a head scratcher. Um, what I didn't see happen was the lull in basically 17 and then 19. 1920 is the real surprising thing. In 2018, you could say that, okay, 2017 was the nine and four disappointment. But look at them now, they're 10 and one and blah, blah, blah. So it seemed like 2017 was the odd man out. But then 2019 and 2020 were not impressive Um, and, you know, get people grumbling. So um, why hasn't it worked the way people expected it to? One, there are high standards, no question about it. His record's better than James Franklin. And James Franklin apparently is being courted by, I don't know if he is anymore, but USC not with the contract, of course. But I don't think they wanted him ultimately. Um, But uh, so he's done, you look at the overall record, better than people say. But it's the rivalries. It's, that's the whole thing. It's the rivalries and the titles. It's Michigan State, Ohio State, and the titles. That's it. He's done fine against Penn State, done fine against Wisconsin. Um, you got to beat your rival. And look, the same thing tagged Bo. Uh, when you're 0-7 in a bowl game, guess what they're talking about? Being 0-7 in a bowl game. So I think what Jim needs to do, Harbaugh needs to do against uh, Ohio State, is beat them once. When Bo finally won a Rose Bowl, went 5-5 five and five in bowl games his last decade. No one talks about that because he's only 7 the first decade. Um, D'Antonio, 8-2 you know, during that stretch. Once you beat him once, now it go- goes back to more or less a level playing field. Um, that's what Jim has to do versus Ohio State. they got, they got to find a way to win one and then make it a game instead of all the history. It's kind of like being a Cubs player or a Red Sox player. Look, the 80-year streak isn't your fault. But it's on you. It's, it's your problem now. And that's kind of what it is now. The last two decades are not Jim's fault or not the I oh, Jim. I've not talked to him in four or five months at least. Um, but uh, it's not Harbaugh's fault. It's not the player's fault. But it's their burden. Uh, it's partly their fault. And that's not a monkey. That's a gorilla. The Michigan State game back and forth is Michigan State's got their number often as the underdogs. Ohio State comes in as the favorite, and Michigan can't seem to break through. Yeah,
1: there's a famous story of no one had ever run a four minute mile ever like in the hundred year history of this thing, and then one guy did it, and like the next year, like thirty other people did it. It's just seen
0: someone like seeing it go through the hoop kind of. Well, they they, they all thought that Bannister, Roger Bannister, the guy who broke it. That they might die if you break four minutes. <laughs> mile. Yeah, you're yeah. gonna you're gonna die in the track if you do this. Well, no, it turns out you're fine. Um, and now it's like you know four forty eight or something or three forty eight. So. Uh, but no, it's been, it's been that way for Michigan. I've never, who would have guessed in 2000 that Michigan, after one whatever, wins twice. Like I guess I mean, State's won three during that stretch, I think. Uh, Penn State's beat them five times. Michigan's 11-7 and seven versus Penn State over that stretch. And Penn State's beaten them five times. What Michigan fan wouldn't trade for that? Uh, well, and Yeah, with mm-hmm. what they've looked at. I, I just, I can't fathom that. I just, I just,
1: I cannot believe that. I grew up, Michigan was, the sort of dominant, I mean, '90s was sort of taking it to him, right? I mean, was it seven to ten or eight eight to ten or whatever it was, and that was the big thing. Tressel shows up; he's at the basketball game, and he he called his shot. So, I'll, I'll sort of finish here with Harbaugh. You said no matter what happens this weekend, Ward Manuel's not firing him. Zero chance. I don't think they would ever fire him, even two, three, four years from now. I think when he wins, whether it's after he rebounds, he win five national titles or. Two years from now, they never do anything winless mm-hmm. against Ohio State. No matter how it happens, I don't think they'll ever fire him. I think it'll be him and Ward having a cigar, saying, like, look, you know, thanks. It was it was, it was mm-hmm. fun. Go to the NFL or wherever you're going to go or retire or take a year off. I just – I don't see – he, this isn't, you know, some random. This isn't Harbaugh in San Francisco where it was acrimonious. Right. He's, mm-hmm. a, he's a son of Michigan. He's a Michigan guy. Like, I, mm-hmm. they're never going to fire him, Right. ever.
0: I'll say, I mean, honestly, if this year went poorly, I think they would have. Really? I just don't see it. If if they're, you know, a a 5 and 7 team, I think it would have been it. If, you know, 7 or 8 was probably the uncomfortable part for Ward Manuel, because that's the uneasy, you've done well enough, it's hard to fire a guy with 7 or 8 wins, uh, but it's also hard to keep him. Uh, 9 or 10 solves the problem for Ward Manuel, or 5 or 6 would have, I think. Um, This is, look, it's a competitive environment. You got to fill the seats and, 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 and donors get a voice. And I mean, Mel Tucker, of course, his contract, same idea. The donors, that small cabal of two mainly, um, they're going to get a voice. I'm sure of that. So um, he's got to an answer to them too. I think Jim's job is safe for foreseeable future. Um, and unlike, I mean, Ohio state fires, all their coaches get fired eventually. That's just going to happen. Michigan never fires anybody. I mean, Hoke and Rich Rod. I think about the only one since Harry Kipke in 38. That's a long run. <laughs>
1: I, I mean, for the record, if they went 5-7, and seven, I think they would have effectively fired him. What I'm saying is I don't think you're ever going to see the headline, Michigan fires Co- coach Jim Harbaugh. I think they would sort of – come to a, a nice... They would go
0: to... He would resign. Yeah, it would, you know... I think you're probably right about that. They'd
1: put a nice bow on it. I'm not saying under no circumstances they would right. push him out. I, I, I just think it's, you're never going to see that sort of acrimonious exit. And I, to end on the Harbaugh thing before we get to our speed round because I know you got an interview tomorrow. <laughs> no, we're good. Direct quote from your Let Them Lead by John U. Bacon. This was you, quote, don't apologize for high expectations, celebrate them. That was one of your lessons as a a coach of a hockey team and leaders in general. So this, don't, again, I'll repeat it, don't apologize for high expectations, celebrate them. I think I have higher standards, and I talked about it with Chris uh, Chris Castellani earlier this week, Mm -hmm. for Michigan than most Michigan fans do. (laughs) Chris is sitting across from me saying, well, you know, 10-2, and and that's pretty good. No one expected that. And I said, It's your program's fault that nobody expected it. Don't lower the bar because you've been bad and then you walk over the lowered bar and then say, okay, well, now we can't change anything or ask for more. You're the reason why the bar was lowered. So to me, if I'm a Michigan fan, look, I'll put it in my own realm. I'm a Michigan State guy. Mel Tucker just signed like a billion dollar contract, right? It's like Scientology. He can't can't leave now. If he goes the next nine seasons after this year and doesn't even make it to Indy. I, I'm going to be out there with my hair on fire. I'm going to want him gone. I'm not going to be saying, "Well, you know, Mel went seven and five and eight and four and ten and two a couple years," and you know, so I'm not going to be mad about ten and two and no trip to Indy. I'm going to be furious because the money demands better. I felt that way even before the money was there. D'Antonio mm-hmm. made forty percent of that at his peak. Mm-hmm. I, I don't you think that the Michigan fan base has been for all the accusations of arrogance. Don't you think they've lowered their bar too much, I would still be out there demanding more. I think you guys, maybe not you specifically, but in totality, generally, have lowered the bar. I think you should be out there saying, Indy are bust. None of this 10-2 and 2 rationalization. Just, What's your take on the Michigan fan base and where they're at, expectation-wise? Um, Big
0: picture, not just this weekend. Well, of course, arrogance is the most popular trait for Michigan State fans, with Michigan fans, obviously. Look, the last two decades, it's a dose of humility. You can't spin it. Um, where... Any season you beat Michigan State is a, is a good year automatically. Um, that wasn't true in the 70s. Uh, obviously, you going through coaches and 80s until you get to Perlis, of course. Um, it's been the case pretty much since Perlis, I would say. Uh, that's a highly, highly valued victory um, and needs to be. Um, part of that is that. Um, but I think the patience factor, there's not a lot of it. There's not a lot of it. And 10 and 2, like I say, why does ten and two look acceptable? Because it's not two and four, which is the previous season where they didn't want to be there and played like it. So ten and two, but then the next year ten and two would not be good enough. Next year, I don't think for Michigan fans. And you'll still, I still say tomorrow sounds crazy, crazy to say it in a Michigan Ohio State game. Style point's gonna matter. If it's within a touchdown, you're gonna say, hey, you played a great Ohio State team, and go to a, the Rose Bowl or something good. Um, if they get swamped tomorrow, it'll be. Ugly, fast on Monday.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. I just I, I get frustrated on principle with again Chris a good friend of mine, dire Michigan mm-hmm. fan. It's like it, if I, why, why do I want more than you do from your <laughs> program? and I, I should want Michigan to fail. But I just on principle, it's the best goddamn fight song. It's it's an incredible program history. There's so much there. They got incredible resources.
0: Uh, like demand more. Well, and in college football too, you've hit upon some major themes there. Look. What Michigan State has done in basketball, know I mean, Judd, obviously, and Izzo, who is also a friend of mine, by the way, since I'm dropping friends and all that, love Tom, he's great, done a phenomenal job. That is one of the blue blood programs in college basketball and has been for you know, 20, 30 years at least. Um, certainly the whole Izzo era, it has been. So that's where the bar is. Um, whereas Michigan basketball, whatever they do is gravy. Everyone's just happy. Uh, the same fans who aren't happy with anything in football are happy with whatever they do in basketball. I like, can't figure it the same guys. Um, but the, once the bar is there and Izzo said to me at one point, one of these years, I should miss the tournament just to remind people that it's not a birthright. You have to fight for that every year. And they take it for granted. Michigan State fans get like that. Of course, we go out in the first round, um, but they're almost always in not. Um, Michigan fans have been, they've been beaten down for 20 years. It's been a, it's, it's a factor. There's no question about it. Um, now, some of them, the older fans especially, are far more impatient than the younger fans. The younger fans don't know any better. They've not seen the 70s or the 90s or any of this stuff. Um, so their patience is much greater than the older guys. The older guys are asking, what's going to take? Especially when, when you bring Harbaugh in, that was probably, as you said in your own tweets and so on, one of the, one of the biggest hires, it seemed like, in the history of college football. Every NFL team wanted them. I know the Jets were about to offer more than Michigan did. Um, the Brown, the Bears were about to. I heard the Raiders were about to. It's all talk till someone writes a check. I grant you, um, but that was the biggest thing. No one ever thought you'd be in this quagmire, uh, trying to trying to find a way to beat the Buckeyes. Um, we'll see. The hardest thing for Nad to take action on is nine and three, and ask you know Frank Solich at Nebraska. Get greedy at nine and three, or Glenn Mason at Minnesota, and so on. Then when you get, then you get seven and five, and now you're really screwed. Um, I don't know. Uh, tomorrow's gonna be interesting. You're it's Michigan. Gonna... Get greedy for God's sakes! Come <laughs> on, the, the, the Bray Hill thing. Oh, get greedy. But back to my point about that. Yeah. I lost my train of thought. Sorry, stupid me, and my own little uh, trail there. Um, look at this point. You know, you got the Izone. You got you know a great Breslin's great. The student crowd is great. It's built for it, basically. You can recruit to Michigan State no problem. Basketball, and so on, the best out there in the country. And until recently, you know, the Flint's, Flintstones and so on. Um, that's great stuff. At Michigan, you have so many built in advantages, which in the NFL, it's a draft, it's, you know, it's salary caps, all these equalizers. Those equalizers do not exist in college football. Tradition counts for way too much. It uh, can also crush you, I think. Um, you've got, you know, the winged helmet, all this other good stuff. You've got all these things that can get, talented players to Michigan, talented coaches also. And those are built-in advantages that they have to take advantage of.
1: Absolutely. But you mentioned the basketball program. I have so much more respect for the basketball program than my years as an adult anyway. Like, that team has actually won Big Ten titles since I graduated high school, like since Napoleon (laughs) Dynamite came out. Like, they've been on the doorstep of – the national championship twice, like in this oh, time yeah. frame, like they were on the doorstep and lost as a favorite of the Final Four last year. And John Howard was like seventh chair in the NBA. I didn't know what the hell he was gonna be. It turns out, oh, this guy's a hell of a coach. He's really smart. Like he'll
0: right. be fine. Uh, we all knew. Also, the re- by the way, that, that rivalry with Michigan State has never been healthier. With Beeline and Izzo, yep. and now Djuan Howard and Izzo, it's been fantastic. We don't hate uh,
1: Michigan basketball. Like, I like, I have a lot of Spartans in my circle, mm-hmm. John. Like nobody, nobody really? hates. <laughs> well, <laughs> in my social circle, I don't have pictures of my friends on the wall except on the guest wall here. But look, I, I just nobody has that animosity towards Michigan basketball. We mm-hmm. all
0: seem to like Juwan. Mm-hmm. Everybody, what are you going to say about John? Beeline? Well, and Izzo's a likable guy. So is so is Beeline and so is, they're fair guys. They, I mean, they're competitors. They clearly want to win. Yeah. Uh, but they get along very well with each other. Izzo, Juwan, and uh, Beeline. D'Antonio did not care to get along with Michigan. I don't think Michigan cared to get along no. with him. Well, no, wow, he's a surly guy. Well, he's a surly guy, but I always used to crack up, though, that, you know, Michigan fans, oh, can you believe you said that? He's not trying to get your vote. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you get to Michigan State, you better understand right away that your job is to beat Michigan. And if you get to Ohio State, I mean, what Tressel said at the halftime, like right then you know, okay, this guy is focused. And, and it works. I used to coach at the uh, current book. And I here in high school. We're the second high school. Pioneers have been around forever and so on. Man, my job was very clear. I got to be Pioneer twice a year if I can. Uh, and almost everything we did was to those ends. If you don't get that, you're not going to make it. It's not going to work. Um, so Dan trying to not trying to get your vote. He's trying to get the, the Spartan guys riled up, and it works. He, he, you can't play second fiddle if you're in that job. Uh, you, you can't have that mentality. And he didn't. And Mel Tucker picked up right where he left off. Mel Tucker's got one, Clint Eastwood had one expression, and so does Mel Tucker. And he's never changed it, to my knowledge. I've never seen anything else, and it's working great for the guy. He is still my Coach of the Year candidate. If Harbaugh wins tomorrow, then he'll be on a short list too, probably, uh, if you go two and four than that. Um, But those two guys have done a hell of a job this year. Tucker, man, with the transfer portal, but not just that. It's not fair to just say the 20 players that came in are why. They're playing better ball. They're playing more fundamental football. They're, the intensity never lets up. Um, they ran into a bus all last week, which, frankly, the exception proves the rule. It shows you how well they've done prior to that with what they've got. I agree. Um, that was, they coached him up. They coached him up good. Um, so, hats off to that guy. This will not be a friendly rivalry the way I think Izzo and Juwan Howard's is going to be on either side. I don't think Mel Tucker is trying to win Jim's heart or vice versa, Harbaugh's heart or vice versa, but it's going to be fun. It should be good. Yeah. Um, And hey, Tucker's 2-0, man. I mean, it'd be year five before he's got a losing record if Michigan can win three in a row. That's how how much cushion the guy's got at this point. That's pretty good. And he's not going to LSU. Uh, Yeah, I mean... (laughs) (laughs) Not for the next 10 years. Yeah, yeah. Not for for a (laughs)
1: while. I I don't think we're letting him go. Yeah, I mean, Harbaugh, he's on that short list. I mean, you can't even say it about Urban Meyer or Nick Saban where... San Diego was terrible. He shows up overnight, boom, they're great. Stanford, middling, 3-5 win program. Overnight, bang, 10-plus wins. San Francisco, brought it to the NFL. You have Jim Tom Sula and Mike Singletary falling over themselves on the sidelines in San Francisco on the Bay. Overnight, boom, 12-4, and 12-4 mm-hmm. Super Bowl. One interception away from back-to-back Super Bowls. I, even Saban and Meyer can't say that where they showed up in the NFL and overnight, boom. Oh, I, it's just the fact that it hasn't worked as been the Buckeye fans to
0: me. and the Spartan fans I know were all very nervous about Jim getting here. One thing he's never done in any of those places is coach more than four years. So this is new. This is uncharted territory for him. Can he keep it going over the long haul? And year five and six they didn't. So year seven, I think frankly, I had no idea what was going to happen this year. When I was asked, you know, on radio and so on, it's, could be five ones, could be ten, and I was not guessing ten. I was guessing. Very wimpily, seven and a half, and I thought by August maybe eight, because um, I just didn't see it. Um, so this team has already done better than I expected. Um, but like we said, I, I can't recall does any team have more writing on it than Michigan does tomorrow.
1: No, this is a like we said it's a it's a legacy game. I, I, I don't know if all is forgiven. You know, he'd be one and five, a, but a, a so lot would be. So much would be if they're going into Indy as a heavy favorite. I think they win. I think the. Yeah, I think you're playing for the Big Ten title tomorrow. I, I, if if they win going to Indy, they're going to the college football playoff. No one's going to be whining about JT Barrett's spot or the 62 to 39. I
0: just. Well, and by the way, and as, far as far as the damn spot goes, <laughs> I've seen more photos of that in the Zapruder film and JFK, and I'm pretty sure that uh, Harvey Oswald was the assassin in that case. I've got. I've seen every angle you can see. Who can make that call? I've not seen it definitively either
1: way. Perfect segue, because um, that, that question's actually in the speed round, John. So, hold that thought. Let's go, let's go to the speed round, Ben. Let's do it. I'll stretch out. Then you poor soul. Look, look at these graphics, man. Well,
0: yeah, well, I don't, I'm a newbie. We're,
1: we're trying to impress you. you, know, you it's you, working. You do a lot of media, John. So it's if working. I don't have my best you know, foot forward here, you're never going to show up again. Okay, so we'll start here. You, we talked about the rules. Go as long as you want. You know, do Do your thing. Rich Rodriguez, specifically, you know, you wrote the aforementioned three, not about Rich Rodriguez's Mm -hmm. three years there. What did you make of Rich Rodriguez, the Michigan tenure, the the Cliff Notes version? I think he should have gotten a fourth year. What did did you make of that whole thing?
0: Uh, I got to know him quite well. Of course, I'm in the locker room for those three years. Uh, He was a lot better privately than publicly. Uh, PR was not his strength. Uh, He'd say all the right things in a press conference and then... Five, 10 minutes in after a tough loss, he'd say one thing that you knew damn well was going to be the only headline that you saw the next day. And that would happen repeatedly. Um, he's a much better guy than Michigan fans and others gave him credit for. The players liked him as a rule. Um, and he was good to them, I think. And, you know, a lot of those guys look, the year after he leaves, as you to point out, they win 11 games, uh, win the Sugar Bowl, and all this other stuff. Um, I think he deserved a fourth year. But as far as getting a fourth year, it almost doesn't matter if you deserve it or not. There's so much water in that ship by the time the third year ended. I don't know who could have steered it. That was probably better for everybody at that point to, to split.
1: It's I interesting, think. though, because they were, you know, three and nine, five and seven, seven and five. You would think it's like, OK, I know the, the step one was very low to the ground, but right. I feel like wasn't the trajectory positive. Why was no it? No question.
0: And again, I, I mean, and that was his team that went 11 and what, 11 and two the next year. Yep. Um, that was his team. Uh, there's no question. And look at Brady Hoke, the opposite, eleven eight seven five. 8, 7, 5. So you can't say that's getting better. Um, I think Rich deserved a fourth year. Um, I don't know if I'm the AD. I don't know if I would have done it. I think I probably would have. Uh, but again, at some point, fairness is not even part of it. Um, one thing I learned about that, this applies to Izzo, uh, and it might apply to Mel Tucker too. Um, what I, the biggest takeaway I got from those in that time was that in the NFL, Bill Parcells can go from the Patriots to the Jets, arch rival. Nobody cares. Who cares? It means nothing. It's plugging in a toaster. Here's a socket. There's a socket. Toast pops up. It's the same damn machine. In college football, it's why I prefer it. It's a heart transplant. You have the right size heart, the right blood type. The doctor's got to do his part. The patient's got to do his part or else the organ gets rejected. That's kind of what happened there. Uh, not enough work done on both sides to make the whole thing work. Uh, Mel Tucker seems to be a fit right away. D'Antonio certainly was. D'Antonio got Michigan State, um, and I've never seen anyone feed more effectively on disrespect than he did. I think he went around looking for it, and and, and few things motivate you more in life than that does for anybody. Um, I thought it was brilliant what he would do well, with motivation in that in that regard. Um, if you don't get where you are, and the place does not get you, you're in trouble. And Tommy Amaker. A very good coach at Harvard has done great with the basketball team there. They've gotten to the tournament, never got mentioned to the tournament. It never quite worked. And and here's the weird part is you never quite know until the guy is already there. And then it either works or it doesn't. And if it doesn't work... I know what you do. I mean, I, 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 mean, it's it'll be mostly
1: on you because my perception is 90% drawn from having read your book, Three and Out. But we have a mutual friend we talked about before the show, Jack Johnson. Mm-hmm. Michigan hockey, great. Up until a few months ago, the highest drafted Michigan hockey player ever. That's right. Mm-hmm. But Jack and I subscribe to the basically the Michigan administration and the inner circle of Michigan made him screwed on arrival because they didn't receive him. You said there was stuff both sides. I'm not saying Rich Rodd was perfect, but right. do you think basically he had n- little to no shot on arrival with the way they handled him? And then we'll move on.
0: Um he was up against obstacles he did not even receive until year two or three. And that's a hard place to be. Um I think, you know, if he had gotten his defensive coordinator out of West Virginia, if they were average on defense, they would have been eight or nine wins. Um, the offense was that exciting. I've got to tell you this though: talk to Michigan fans. What has been more fun to watch than Denard Robinson for a long time? I mean, that guy was Anthony Carter-esque. Desmond Howard, that category. Um, but again, it's a hard transplant. You better know what you're walking into and start making nice as fast as you can, and find out where your potential enemies might be. Um, that's also where Michigan was. It was not at his best. That's for sure. I, yeah, I um, can't
1: remember the context in, in the book. And I'm going to botch the paraphrase quote here. But there was some quote in in Three and Out where he was sitting in office and was just like, well, it was like, why are they doing this? Or why are they like this about the Michigan administration? There was some kind of like, why is this this way? Like he mm-hmm. he felt betrayed, I think, was the insinuation or like, why are they doing this to me kind of thing? Again, I'm botching the quote, but the sentiment, I think I'm on
0: point. Yeah, is- there, there are a lot of crossed wires. Yeah, and crossed wires were the rule and the exception during that time. It wasn't like one or two. Yeah. It's like the whole thing was frying the, the, the switchboard. Basically it was just a mess. It was hard to watch. It was hard to write. And I hear it's hard to read. Uh, but it's like, as a, as a train wreck, you can't, you can't stop watching basically. And, Drew you in apparently, so I appreciate
1: that. That's uh, so, why
0: well, it's a phenomenal book, and and still
1: it plays today. Just in terms of the the background, you could read that tomorrow. It has not aged poorly at all.
0: And and a friend of mine in a scientific field at Michigan, I can't divulge it. He said, "You think you're writing about the football program? This is every damn department at Michigan." I thought, <laughs> "Whoa, that's a, that, that's, you guys have an interesting culture up there." It's, Michigan State has their own like kind of
1: problems like our, our board of trustees is way too powerful mm. sorry i don't retired out brian was was going to be here in, in a day and a half not or you though. To, not, you. Yeah, not you brian <laughs> but uh yeah is, is there's some inner mechanics there with both schools that are different but both weird in their own way and I mean, people forget rich rodriguez turned down alabama the year prior to turned
0: down alabama the year prior to saban taking right it. right i mean uh, that's how, and, and Mich- michigan came after rich rod with everything they had basically um, and he was the hot, he was the Harbaugh of his time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he was the high commodity. So as my editor pointed out, he went to Harvard. He doesn't have any dog in this fight. He says, have Michigan fans forgotten that Michigan went after him? They he, he, didn't come begging for a job. He went after, they went after him. So it was a, it was an odd time to say the least. And look, you look back at, we're trying to explain, you know, eight and 10 or eight and two, uh, D'Antonio, two victories over Ohio state during this time, if you get turnover like that, you know the, the clock stops and you have to start all over again. It's a it's a tiresome process. Uh, turnover will kill you in this business. And Michigan's had a lot of it. They had they had the hottest girl at,
1: at the ball. Two of the last three hires. It's, kind of, I mean, it's they're going up and down. So everyone wanted Rich Rod. Nobody wanted Brady Hoke. Everybody wanted Harbaugh. So they're going to, if Harbaugh doesn't work out, I guess they'll have to try. Uh, maybe Dan Campbell, if someone else, nobody wants. Dan Campbell had the cold call for his job in Detroit. That's another story for a different show. <laughs> Moving on. So we'll, we'll be quicker going forward. I had Sorry, to do something. I'm
0: not very good oh, at no, this. Oh, no,
1: you're, you're good. I, I'm, I'm concerned about you. I'll be up, man. No, we're fine. The trolls of Twitter. This is something I see you deal with. I deal with it too, man. Sure. I'll, I'll, we'll start a support group together. <laughs> Just kind of like social media experience generally. I, you usually will kind of give it back to these guys a little bit, not, not insult them, but I mean, you'll talk to them. You don't just go straight to blocking. Like I've tended to now <laughs> hey, social media generally in 2021 dealing with it. What's your take on that?
0: This is lightning round. The questions were not known beforehand. So in fairness, it boils down to this. First of all, if someone asks me a fair, a fair disagreement, fair point, and they're reasonable. I'll try to respond and say, here's what I know about it. Blah, blah, blah. Once you come back with that and someone's onto their next rant, I've learned to stop. Because that guy's not going to listen to anything I have to say at that point. It's not a discussion. But you get reasonable people, uh, including Michigan State fans, including Ohio State fans. If they're reasonable with me, I'll be reasonable with them and we'll have a good conversation. But once you realize they're just going to, they just want an axe to grind, it's like, it's not worth my time. Um, I didn't have and, a show. I slowly, off. slowly, I pick it up. So
1: I, I it's such a bad place. Like, I mean, my block list is, and I, I, like I'm even that sensitive. If it's like people are talking about my wife or my kids or, or you know talking about. And my, by the
0: way, the people who do that, of course, will not sign their name, their eggs or oh, whatever we else. We've talked like, about that on this show. Believe me. Like, look. I've said some
1: crazy shit in my day, but you know what you can see next to that crazy shit? Your name. Justin Spiro. That's right. Why would I give a shit? If you don't like what you're saying enough that you won't put your own name to it,
0: why should I care what you think? And also don't think I'm not gonna think you're some kind of tough guy when you're an egg with five it, it, followers. Yes. And, yeah. and I don't care how many followers you have. That's not a that's not an aspect. If you don't sign your name, uh, how seriously should I take you? Yeah, I'm basically? with you. Yeah, I'm dancing with you on that. Okay, so your bias obviously on this. I'll next, say this though. Oh yeah, go on ahead on Twitter. 95% of my experiences there are positive. Uh, and for the most part, Michigan State fans, Ohio State fans have been very good to me. I get as much crap probably from Michigan fans overall as I do from everyone else. But, uh, but hey, it's. It's the world we live in.
1: 95, and you're doing pretty well. I'm at best like 50-50. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, well, it'd be a lot keep worse. Keep mine.
0: That, that is entirely unscientific. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. Well, it's, it's get way off. of and
1: see what they really say. Well, I may have gotten up to 95 just because now I have go too far the other way. So the second so, someone says anything, I just block them now. Because I, I don't have time. I mean, I'm not talking about disagreeing. I mean, like any type of insult. It's like, especially if it's anonymous, you're just gone. I don't have time. Like, I'm sorry. I don't mm-hmm. have time. Fair enough. Uh, speaking of not having time, you got to get out of here pretty soon. So. No, he no, doesn't do it. You're, but you're biased here, obviously. I go back and forth on this to me, and, and Michigan State fans can bitch at me all the way. I don't give a fuck. Hail <laughs> to the victors, Notre Dame Victory March, the two best fight songs. Whatever you think is third, some people say USC. Like these two are so far ahead of whatever's third. It, it's like these two and then a, a big gap. Mm-hmm. Who has the better objective fight song? Is it hail to the victors, Michigan or Notre Great Dame? Great question.
0: Uh, it's probably a toss-up, I think. I think nationally, Notre Dame probably gets more kudos than Michigan does. More of a national university, more, more of a national program, I would say. Um, football program, certainly. Um, third, by the way, is Wisconsin. Wisconsin, there are more high school teams use Wisconsin's fight song than any other. Um, how about that little trivia? It's all,
1: I did not know that. I know it's always on the top 10 list. Anytime you just Google top 10 fight songs, you always get Wisconsin.
0: Yep. Always. Uh, but there are a lot of good ones out there, of course. Big 10 for the most part has but got a bunch of good ones. Um, I would say, okay, I try not to be biased in these situations, but the one difference about Michigan's fight song versus Notre Dame's is it's the only fight song I know of where they celebrate a game already won. Every other fight song is, come on, you guys can can do it. You can do it. You can do it. You can do it. This one is screw you, we already won, we're going home. Now that's Michigan arrogance, I'm sure. Uh, They call it confidence, everyone else calls that arrogance. Um, But that is something unique about it, um, which I think is pretty cool. Um, That said, and also, by the way, you can play it on the phone in the old days, the old touchdown phone. But uh, nationally, Notre Dame will get the nod over Michigan, I think, almost always. that is one distinction right there. It
1: depends what day you catch me. I go back and forth. But what I do know is there's no, like, third contestant. Those two stand alone. So we'll move on. Uh, so this one's big in the news. So so Bo or you wrote a book with Bo. Mm-hmm. Look, th- this could be a three-hour show. This is the speed <laughs> round. Um, you know, it's not going to be the deepest of dives. But, uh, you know, the Bo statue is vandalized this week. At, you know, I think, what, two days ago now, a few days ago. the Mark Anderson story just generally – What's your take on this situation? You knew Bo. You wrote a book with him. You you knew the guy. Like, What do
0: you you make of this? Uh, I knew him very well, of course. Um, You can get on my website, johnyoubacon.com. I've written three stories on this. Someone, I ignored it, it said, like ignoring sexual abuse in your backyard. No, I haven't. Three stories, 7,000 words. That's about 20 pages. Uh, So there's plenty I've written about this, a lot of original research on this. A few things. One, it's Dr. Robert Anderson, clearly guilty. Clearly a horrible situation, and anybody who tries to spin it is being stupid. I recall at some point early on somebody at Michigan was saying that there's no parallel whatsoever to the Michigan State situation. It's got every parallel. It's a team doctor uh, abusing college students. What's, what's not parallel and about And
1: contemporaneous this? reports of it and, you know, exactly. continues. And the there's evidence is overwhelming.
0: Yeah. Uh, the one difference, and it's not a moral difference by any means, is that this happened 30, 40 years ago. So there are no emails. They're not the text messages you get in a modern case. There's not the emails you get in a modern case. And almost everyone involved, largely not the victims. Um, but Bo, Don Cannon, the AD, Dr. Anderson, you guys are supposed to fire him, Thomas hope they're all gone. So your odds of trying to find out exactly what happened get pretty slim. Uh, we're probably going to be in the guesswork situation. I wrote a 5,000-word piece on this, which I recommend. Um, four players have come out and to say that they told Bo um, about Dr. Anderson, but the question is, how'd you tell him? Um, we're in murky territory here. Um, and that is, did you say, the guy said, what's up with the finger up the, you know where? Okay, that means you don't like the rectal exam. No one does. But it was, I looked it up, Johns Hopkins, uh, U.S. military, Michigan, all, all on campus, everywhere on campus, It's SOP, Standard Operating Procedure at the time. What he was doing was not, obviously. But if you go to Bo and say, I don't like this part of the exam, he's going to say, yeah, well, no one does, and there it yeah. is. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying that makes it right. I'm saying there's a communication problem. We didn't have the language back then to tell Bo this. I'm sure Bo is hard to approach on this, uh, in fairness to the players. Um, but you leave, you're left with a sad and uncertain situation. Um, I have seen other situations, for example, with the food. Um, they had another caterer who was using leftovers and not giving out second and thirds, and both fired him by lunch. So as a rule, when it involves his players, he was very, very proactive. Um, I I can't imagine him not taking action immediately if he knew what was going on, but I don't know what he knew, and we don't know when he knew it, and we still don't. Um, I'm struck by the fact that four came forward saying this, uh, but none since. Because usually, what you happen with uh, the doctor at Michigan State, of course, uh, Nasser and uh, Anderson. Once 10 guys come out, then 100 come, guys come out, then 200 guys come out. In this case, there have been four guys who have out, come out and said this and no additional ones. Um, so you don't know what to make of it. And the sad fact is you simply don't know. We, we, we don't know to this day what Bo knew and when. We just don't. Yeah, and and that, that's deeply unsatisfying, but that's where you are. I, I do
1: have fears of you know the mob just general. I mean, Bo. Any situation though, where there's no defense, there's no smoking gun that he definitely knew. There's no email where he's emailing somebody back saying, "Hey, toughen up, pal." Like it, it's it's completely an account with the other person that was on the other side of it, not alive to contest it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I like I, I don't know what shit you've gotten. I know Jim Harbaugh got in a lot of trouble, mm-hmm. optically, for saying, you know, it's not the guy I knew, and everyone's like, mm-hmm. well, you have to believe the victims. Law. Jim Harbaugh, in his defense, is a guy that had a real experience with this coach. Mm-hmm. And if that's not consistent, I don't. I, I didn't have the same problem some did with Harbaugh saying, look, I had a relationship with Bo Beckler. Mm-hmm. That's just not what I experienced. It's not the guy I knew. It seems to be kind of you are saying the same thing. Like, he hopped on much smaller issues than that. Like, mm-hmm. that day, by noon,
0: the guy's gone. That was the pattern. Yeah. And so it's a departure from... Sort of. But here's my thing. People say, oh, I would never believe that Bo. Look, I'm a journalist. I have to believe it. If, oh, yeah. if someone came to me and said, look, here's the smoking gun, it, it would suck. But I would say, yeah, there it is. Um, it's un- I hate seeing it, but I have to change my view of these things. So I'm not in a position where I can say I, I'm not going to believe it no matter what. But you got to show me something. you got to show me the actual evidence. that I was communicating with Bo that I was being abused, and Bo understood that, and, and then did not take action. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen that.
1: Yeah, the climate now is like evidence is sort of secondary. Here's what I hate about both sides of this
0: thing is that, like you said, it's knee-jerk and it's black and white. And this one has got nuance and a shade of gray. It's deeply unsatisfying, but it does not – with the evidence we have now – is not fall conveniently in this bucket or that bucket that I've seen.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. And, you know, hopefully one way or another, I mean, it's hard to prove a negative. There can be some exculpatory evidence, you know, down the road that we can't even foresee. I just hope there's some clarity on it going forward. But as of right now, I'm with you. We don't know. And I don't like deciding anything on lack of evidence, you know, pro or con. So we'll move on from Bo. Uh, another character that we do have a lot of emails from, uh, Dave Brandon. Uh, look, I, I don't, Dave Brandon, I thought was one of the, in my young life, relatively speaking, one of the worst athletic directors I can recall, certainly in the Big Ten. Just seemed tone deaf, uh, out of it, uh, not really finger on the pulse. I mean, the, I think the apex is what Sugar Shane Morrison's concussion issue and, the subsequent handling of that. I mean, you were in the throes of this program in the department, you know, some say on the edges. I think you were pretty far in there. You were in the building for a lot of stuff. Like, what did you make of Dave Brandon? What was your take on him as an AD? No, I thought he was terrible.
0: I recommend Endzone. <laughs> uh, sure. And by the way, Spartan fans, the rise, fall, and return of Michigan football, as I say in the book, because the book came out before a game was played. They rip on you all the time. Of that. course they do, and I just got to let it go. It's the culture I was talking about. Uh, as Brian Cook of MGo Blog said, the athletic department no longer hates you as a fan because that was the, what they're dealing with for four years. So um, it's just people got the experience, but fair enough. Um, anyway, um, my take on that when he was hired. Like everyone else, I thought this guy has got an amazing background. He's you know, been a CEO of Domino's Pizza, um, made a lot of money there, of course. Um, uh, a, a, and by the way, not a good, but a great region of Michigan. And even his detractors told me that. He's a huge force behind getting the Children's Hospital started. Um, he did a lot of good things as a, as a regent. Um, no question about it. So that background played for Bo, wasn't a great player, uh, but so what? Uh, I mean, Jim Hackett wasn't either. It's, it's not how you measure that stuff. Um, so you think, okay, this, this should work. And I, and I believed it. I thought this should work. Um, and then I started hearing things internally that it wasn't working. And then ring by ring, it goes from the epicenter to the point Shane Morris, where finally it's in ring five. And the whole world sees that this is dysfunctional. This is not working. And if I had to boil it down, it's that he, Dave, worked his ass off and he loved Michigan. I don't doubt any of those two things. Um, I think he's a very smart guy in many ways. But when I get there are certainly business aspects, and we've seen it the last week, Penn State contract, Michigan contract, Michigan State contract. It's a business and a big one in many ways. I get that. If you treat it like a business... You will alienate the people who actually pay the money for the business, have the hardcore followers. It is a religion. Look, look at this. It is a religion. I mean, this is not – I don't see a lion's room like this anywhere. It is a church. It's a yeah. secular religion, basically. And, uh, and if you don't get that, you start alienating those in your flocks, and you don't get them back. You don't get them back. And that's what happened at Michigan. You can, and You said that in 60 Minutes. The business model is broken. Yeah. Because the players aren't paid and the band isn't paid. And a lot of things don't make sense that, you know, that we do at college football. And if you treat it solely like a business, you're going to lose them. And Don Canham didn't. And Bill Martin didn't. And Dave Brandon kind of did.
1: Yeah, even things like the, you know, the, I don't know where you stand on the Fab Five. We don't have to get into all that. But, you know, they do the documentary through ESPN on the Fab Five. And they're asking Dave Brandon. He's interviewed for it. And, you know, hey, like, what do you think about Chris Webber coming back? And I don't know. I, you have your finger on the pulse more than I do. Mm. I don't know a single Michigan fan in my ether. I have a lot of them in my circle that are like, oh, oh fuck the Fab Five. Like, you know, stay away. They're, they're mm-hmm. cheaters. Everybody wants them back. And he goes on TV in this documentary and is like, well, you know, Chris has to come and apologize and make good on the shit he did. And then, you know, you know and obviously he didn't swear. Right. But, but it, his, his attitude is just like <clears throat> kind of cold. Like I think if you have a feel for your program and the fan base mm-hmm. and what the people want. You would say you know let's be a little more conciliatory, but
0: yeah, I'd say that, and you're dead right. the The, the crowd wants him back. Maybe 20 percent don't, and probably in the old guard. Um, and Juwan will certainly help in those in that regard. If you're already in the building, you're halfway home. Yeah. Um, and Jalen Rose, by the way, and I wrote this about him years ago, 25 years ago. He was by far, I mean, at Michigan State, of course, by far, probably the most immature at the time, uh, the most eccentric, the uh, lightning rod in a way that Chris Webber was not. I think. It's only Jawan wasn't. Um, but he grew up. He grew up and, you know, he graduated from college, put his money in this academy downtown. He takes his job at ESPN very seriously. Jalen Rose grew up, in my opinion. Um, Chris Weber, I would say this in defense of Dave Brandon. Uh, my feelings are, look, now it's totally allowed. So it's like, you know, cannabis. Do we still have guys in jail for this? Because you can make more on a by lunch uh, at the local cannabis shop. But, uh, but, they, but my take on that, though, is that he did lie about it, and people for 10 years after him paid the price for his actions. And those guys got screwed out of their experience based on probation and so on. Amaker got a lot of that brunt, beeline to some degree. I think there is an apology that needs to be made, probably by both sides, because where were the adults? I mean, he's 19, uh, and all this stuff was going on. You're not paying attention to this stuff. So uh, furthermore, right now with the Fab Five, it's kind of the Fab Four and One. The four are together and the one isn't. Um, so that has to be, there are a few bridges that have to be rebuilt for this thing to work. Right. I'm, I'm not saying it can't be done by any means. And it's a forgiving society. And furthermore, I mean, Michigan, I mean, they were selling the jerseys at top dollar. And he couldn't, I mean, you cannot legally get five bucks out of the deal. Um, it's, it was a screwed up time. I'll say that. You got to
1: get number four back in the fold. I mean, I, I, we talked about my Harbaugh of. Chris Webber is one of my favorite basketball players ever. I, I was too young when he was in Michigan, but his NBA career, I just loved his game. Little hot potato at the end of games and big spots, but just big that could shoot and pass. The best passing big, top three anyway, of my lifetime. Just, I mean, just a incredible passing big. Guys over 6'8", unbelievable. I'm a big Chris Webber guy. Bring him back. Enough's enough. Like, come on. Get he, together. He'll
0: be back by the end of this decade. I would guarantee that.
1: Yeah. But because of, I think, the Juwan Howard thing, between time and Juwan Howard's presence there, it's the ultimate sort of foot in the door. It's going to happen. I'm with That's you. My I'm with hunch. you. So losing your press pass is my next one. That's our sure. next. So <laughs> what happened What happened with losing there your press is. pass? Why, why did they do that to you? Uh,
0: the official reason was an email uh, sent by a good friend of mine. Uh, Brandon would not send it himself. Um, his minions did work like that. And, uh, It's because uh, I am a freelancer. Uh, I'm not doing a regular beat. um, And therefore, I cannot justify my press pass. Now, if that was the measure, half that press box would have been gone. I mean, bloggers who have, you know, 10 followers are in there. I'm freelancing for The Wall Street Journal. I'm freelancing for, you know, pretty serious stuff. Um, So and, you know, I had a regular gig on Michigan Radio, which is half a million listeners now more than that, like a million listeners. Ann Arbor Flint in Grand Rapids. That's a legitimate journalism outfit, of course. So it was a made up reason. It's ridiculous. And I, I got this, really? And I emailed back to my friend and I said, you know, you know are we serious about this? Because what about X, Y, and Z? And I'll say it with, you know, with a smiley face and so on. I'm not going to put up a fight about this. And she just wrote back, dot, 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 tears, dot, dot, dot. I mean, she was put in a horrible position. And the dirty little secret, Justin, is I had a great time. I could wear jeans. I could wear drink beer. I could sit in the stands. You're allowed to cheer, but I can't because all those wires are kind of cut. I don't trust myself, my hands to go up at the right time or any of this stuff. Uh, it did not affect my work at all. I kept doing my work. My best-selling book out of that batch is Zone, which came out of the time that I had no access to the program whatsoever. So it didn't set me back at all. It was embarrassing for Michigan for me to see Michigan stoop to this level. When I go to Michigan State's press box, Mark Hollis is the first guy to come up and put his arm around me. How you doing? Can we do anything for you? Uh, that was, I, I, I felt horrible that he got caught up in the Dr. Nasser stuff. He was a phenomenal athletic director. He was my pick. He or Jim Phillips to be the next uh, um, commissioner of the Big Ten. Uh, it was just, it was petty and stupid and pointless, is what that was. Why were they so mad at you though? Like it, was it a, wasn't they. It was one guy. Yeah. Why was Dave Brandon? Uh, so, and and the people so around him and the people around him were embarrassed? Um, I and mean, it just didn't like the reporting generally. Uh, is I, I really don't know. I can't say for sure. Um, to never, where I respect Bo, if got a problem with someone. He had two choices, talk to the person you got a problem with or shut the hell up. And Izzo follows the same exact pattern. Uh, good youper, of course. Um, whatever your problem is, tell me the truth, whatever it is. And I heard from other sources that he was upset in three and out, in which he looks pretty good on the grand scale. He had handled a lot of things right during that time, including the NCA investigation and so on. Um, I pointed out that he had not been an AD before. Well, your resume points that out. You can't be CEO of Domino's Pizza and an AD at the same time. Uh, If that upset you, if that's what it was, and that's third hand, so I really to this day cannot tell you exactly why. That's that's
1: an odd one. It's just bizarre.
0: We'll move on. We 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 hit it a little bit. So you, you it it, was silly and it was silly and pointless and did not did not give him the results that he wanted.
1: Well, that sort of speaks to the the tenure generally. So uh, real quick, was J T Barrett short? You said you just don't know. Here's my position. I can't tell to this
0: day. I can't (laughs) tell for
1: sure. These people on both sides. But well, he was clearly short. And the fact that you can't tell, by the way, is all the more reasons to stay with the call on the field by the letter of the law. I don't know whether he made it or not. It looked like it was right on the line. It was a quarter inch either way. And I think the right call was made because of the call on the field. If they had marked him short, I would have said they should have upheld the short call. It, it, the call on the field that. is what... Is what dictates this. Yes, you're with me on that. You don't think.
0: No, look, I mean, if you can show me one photo that he's definitely made it. I'm not sure way, photo where photo he definitely didn't. We don't know. Yeah. It's, it's back to the Bo, the bigger issue. You know, what did Bo know? We don't know. And this thing right here, we don't know. Yeah, um, they, they didn't recover from that, too, because the next play, it was it. Weber just sort of walks. Well, into- that's the other thing, too. I mean, it's like the Bill Buckner play. They didn't, that's not when you lost the game. Yeah. Um, I mean, yes. Yeah, I mean, a lot of things went wrong before that, went wrong after that, and blah, blah, blah. Um, in this case, they're starting on the 20-yard line, I think, or 15. There's like whatever. the 18 or something yeah. like that. Yeah. You can still stop them. I mean, yeah, hold absolutely. them to a field goal and so, roll it over. Uh, and by the way, also, any spot in any game is the dumbest thing in football. We ask for a level of precision in this game that does not exist. Um, you, I mean, it's not science. I'm sorry. And where the knee is and where the ball is and blah, blah, blah. You're asking some 65-year-old guy to run out from 40 yards away and put the damn thing, you know, pull it out of a scrum and put it down somewhere. You're guessing within two yards. No one knows anything about that situation. And if the game comes down to that, you just took your chances one way or the other.
1: Yep. We'll finish here. Last one as we're talking about Michigan conspiracy theories, Michigan-related conspiracy theories. (laughs) Uh, This is one of my favorite ones. Did Michigan duck... Ohio State in 2020 with their COVID situation, not saying that they made up the COVID cases, but were they uh, using it as an excuse, to, a legitimate excuse to get out of it, whereas if they were playing for the Big Ten title birth in Indianapolis with the same exact COVID situation, maybe they find a way to play that game. Where do you land on that?
0: Uh, the dumb answer is I don't know. Um, I've talked to people, friends of mine inside the program that there was a COVID outbreak. That's legit. Um, my knowledge of Jim Harbaugh is that he's the most competitive guy I've ever met. I can't imagine him ducking it. Uh, I don't know. I don't think they did, but I don't know.
1: Fair enough. I don't think they did either. I just think if they are, it's not a conscious decision. I think subconsciously you're not as enthusiastic about facing. I can say that.
0: this, having seen Michigan play at Michigan State that year, and as your friend on the team pointed out, they were less than enthusiastic. I bet there were not terribly disappointed inside the locker room that year to say, "Oh no, we're not getting you know eleven and one Ohio State." Damn it! Right, right. <laughs> I, I just I
1: feel like they. Fi-
0: I don't know. It's all speculation. I just think I, I I push
1: back on that. There's some cover up where they're twisting their mustache in the lair saying, I'm not, "Okay, I'm not."
0: That's as a rule between a cover up between whatever uh, corruption and incompetence always goes incompetence. This yes. is not incompetence. I mean, everyone getting COVID is probably incompetence. I guess I don't know. Uh, that usually explains things. Um, furthermore, if you're Harbaugh, it's a horrible season. But if you lose to Ohio State, what have you lost? You're two and four anyway. If you yeah. pull a rabbit out of a hat, you just saved a whole lot. Yeah, that's a so, good point too. I don't think they ducked it. I just
1: think subconsciously they probably find a way. To get on the field, if they had a really good
0: team in the state, Jim might have been court. upset, but I bet the players weren't.
1: Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Well, that was it, man. You got a you got a big day tomorrow. Yeah. Good good luck to your boys. I hope they lose. And by the way, your
0: boy Ben. I had no idea how much work went into this. My apologies. Hey, uh, we're good, man. That, we're good. Uh, tell Ben, by the way, the man behind the door over there, that when I heard about his three or four hours of effort going into this thing, you can't leave a man like that hanging. Oh, I know. Uh, I so, appreciate it.
1: you. You came hauling ass from up north to be here. here we with go. your Buckeye uh, red. And, yeah. <laughs> and just appreciate you coming in. And That's, Miami of Ohio, I swear to God. Miami yeah, of Ohio. Was, yeah, was, you, you claim. I didn't see any logo. I just see that red, man. But uh, look, I, I think it'll be a big one tomorrow. I, I can't wait to watch it. We just. have not
0: talked about Michigan State, Penn State. That, that remains did, a big I brought,
1: game. I brought you in for the, the I Michigan understand. Hour. You, you, you got
0: want, other guys to talk about that want stuff. want talk about
1: Mel Tucker? And, but I'll uh, tell you
0: what, that is a big game, though. If, if Michigan loses tomorrow, as expected. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, although, I, think I, I like I said, I think they got a real shot. Um, Michigan State, well, uh, Penn State is favored right now, but it means nothing to me. That's just, that's just betting money. Um, if they win tomorrow, they've got two losses, and Michigan will have uh, what? I guess they'll have two total. Um, they'll both be 10 and two, and Michigan State won the head to head. So, I mean, I'm old school, John. I th- think- th- this could be a battle for the Rose Bowl, for example. Uh, no, it's not.
1: You don't think so? No, you're going to you're gonna either be in Indianapolis or
0: Pasadena. It doesn't matter what happens. It's immaterial. It's they, mo- they're it's dying it's for a, you guys to business. be there. You so can't say you guys. I swear to God, I don't wear Michigan stuff around here, et cetera, et cetera, well, et cetera. The but.
1: Michi- okay, they're dying for Michigan to be there. And I get it. Look, Michigan hasn't been in there since Christ died. It's been a long <laughs> time. Like, you know, They're a better, bigger national brand. They get to pick.
0: Like you could especially if it's a close loss, will book those, it'll be higher. If ranked. they're Rose Bowl, they'll book those flights. The Michigan does not get blown out, if they get blown out. Right. enthusiasm goes down. If they have a good battle against Ohio state, um, they'll book those flights by Monday lunch.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree. And that that and is, it, something it is a can,
0: starving fan base.
1: The Rose Bowl is a beautiful thing. I, I you know, it's funny. They had that shitty shows at Western we played in 2013 in the first or second game. And it was like, Ten to seven and a half, and we, I was just—I told my wife, I said, "We can book that trip to Hawaii every year." I always waited a couple <laughs> weeks every year for ten years. I waited a couple weeks to see what Michigan State looked like to uh. make sure I didn't do any conflicts with the Rose uh. Bowl. And I said, "It's not going to happen." Yeah, so I, I botched that. So I was in Hawaii. You
0: could do worse, you know. I, I was in South what, Bend. As but. they say, be careful what you wish for. Who wants to play Georgia right now? And Now, if it's for all the beans, I don't uh. think their chances, obviously, but. I don't think Michigan's at that level right now. I don't think Michigan State is at, is at that level right now. Ohio State, I think, is. It's kind of like a
1: Final Four, though. Like, I'll I'll go and get my ass kicked over not going. Like, You get the banner. You get that CFP banner. So
0: just being there is a thing. It's, it's, it what, is
1: like college basketball. You get uh, the banner.
0: What it is it? So seven times? Uh, I think we're
1: at eight now, right? Eight. That's right. Yeah. I would have to count them off. It's, it's 99, 2000, 01, 05. Yeah, 2010, well, 2015, about, it 2000. It uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah we're at, uh, I should know that. I'm talking about his record. You know,
0: if you won two out of eight, that's average. That's one out of four. That's exactly how many you're supposed to win. And guess what? You get to the final four. They're all good. Anybody there can win the damn thing. They're that good automatically. You don't cheese your way to the Final Four.
1: Oh, yeah, and Gordon Hayward followed Draymond Green, so we got robbed out of that. Out of there that you go, more. but no
0: one's better. That's, of course, the case, right? No, no, yeah. <laughs> it was only 11
1: years ago. I'm still haunted by it, but, you know, I don't know.
0: That's one of so, the great about sports fans, man. Ask them the worst call ever, and they can still pull it out of their subterranean memories. I always say, I mean, you say
1: your buddies with Tom. Uh, anybody that ever runs into Tom Izzo, whether it's at Meet the Spartans or whatever, Midnight Madness, wherever. You see them at the grocery store, doesn't matter. Go up to Tom Izzo, my advice. If you can always say one thing to the guy, did Gordon Hayward follow Draymond Green? That's all you got to say. He'll know exactly (laughs) what you're talking about. I've done it twice. The reaction's hilarious. Like, it's the same thing both times. Yeah, yeah, of course he fucking did. Yeah, he'll he'll F-bomb you, like, in in a nice way. It's just like, yeah. It's we were cheated, it is what it is, and then Caitlin Lucas and whatever. I'll go cry about it later. So, John, man, it was a pleasure to have you. It's been an odyssey to get you in the chair. An odyssey is fair. I'm a big fan of yours, as you know. Uh, big Likewise. fan of your work. everyone should read all your books. I'm so look, I just finished. Where, where's the current book? You got to flash it, man. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I I always try to clear the, clear the deck, yeah, yeah, so let them weed.
0: John, you bacon. You were nice enough. Unexpected to sign lessons to- in leadership from America's worst high school hockey team. NPR today call it uh, one of the books they love. So we made their uh, greatest his list today. It's
1: an incredible book. I'm I'm only what? Because I bought the Kindle version a few days ago, which right when I got done with um, uh, overtime. But it's a great book on leadership. There's no chapter in there about two weeks after you lose to your rival, blaming the referees in a press conference like Jim Harbaugh did. (laughs) It's it's much more uh, of a a solid North Star guiding light for leadership and incredible life story. I, I still say... Three and Out is one of the five best sports books ever written. You're up there with Ball Four, like in wow. Moneyball. Um, I mean that. I'm mean, a huge. That book's 15 years old almost now, right? Holy macro! Uh, it's close. It's, uh, About 10. It's it's incredible. I've yeah. read, I've read it two and a half times. <laughs> wow, wow. So, so uh, highly recommend that. And thank you to the great and powerful Oz Ben August on the other side of the library ben. wall now. Uh, ben, man, you're great. We do have Brian Masalam, MSU trustee, who is pers- our former MSU trustee now, and the CEO of Spartan Wealth, who was personally thanked by Mel Tucker in his uh, announcing of the 10-year and I think he deserved it. Oh, uh, yeah, he got it across the finish line. He, he'll deny that. He hasn't told me that. He doesn't know all the people I know in his uh, atmosphere. Everyone is saying Brian got that. We all love Ishbia. We all love St. Andre. Gilbert wasn't involved in this one. We all love Gilbert. Strayhorn will love you, too. Masalam is the one that was really uh, pushing that boulder over the finish line. So if you're happy, Mel Tucker's still here, which I think everyone in Spartan Nation certainly is, and that he's not going to Baton Rouge. Uh, you and, by, can and by
0: the way, my sources uh, down in Baton Rouge, the president of the university loved Mel Tucker. Oh, uh, I, I think that, I think that uh, if, if the Spartans were lackadaisical on this one, if they were passive – I like think they would have lost him. I I agree completely.
1: I mean, Mel Tucker. Look, I, okay, I don't. Be, it's not a dirty thing to say. He's he's a uh, step climber. That's I don't. I, it's not. People think that is a bad thing. People shitting on him for leaving Colorado. They doubled the salary and had a ceiling higher, which we saw. It didn't take long for that to manifest. Right. to quadruple it, and he got there in less than two years. So, I mean, who who's turning down a massive raise and a better job? Like,
0: come on. think about this, yourself. by the way, ninety five million dollars. He said for life. So as grandkids, Probably probably so is everybody in his lineage, yeah to the to the end of time, as long as someone does not somehow screw this up unbelievably badly yeah yeah your your DNA is set for life,
1: yeah. yeah. Who's going to turn that down? But he's got to stay in Colorado with that program. Like, whatever. Get over yourselves, people. Go see a therapist. Do whatever you got to do because it's ridiculous to begrudge somebody for that. I'm happy. So you can thank Brian Misalum, uh, you know, on my show in the comments or whatever. He's the man. I'm, I'm thrilled to have him It'll Be his second appearance with us. He was the last one that I had on. Uh, when my wife was like 8.75 months pregnant with our third kid. <laughs> and I, I told him, I said, this is the one time that I have to have my ringer on. And I had the cell phone right next to me. You see, it's not next to me now. I always had my phone on the ground and off. It was the one time on the Spru Avenue show I had my phone on right in front of me just in case. And she did go into labor 24 hours after Brian Masalem appeared. So she held off just long enough. But uh, we're excited to have Brian back. John, big day for you tomorrow. Good luck to you You know, with your media appearances, with uh, your football team. Hope you lose. But uh, there are a lot of Wolverines in my social circle I will be happy for well, if you I, pull I it
0: off. I can't say us or we are any of that stuff, but I'll be in the press box uh, watching with interest. How about yeah, that? Yeah, there you go. With your
1: you know broken arms, you don't know how to clap or whatever, whatever <laughs> that, that line was. So thank you uh, again to Ben. Eric Williamson and his boxers on his couch, our uh, set designer, graphic designer. Uh, love you guys. Big one this weekend. And, uh, you know, we'll sneak in a little. Go green against Penn State. 10-2 and two would be lovely. Uh, thank you guys all. We'll see you in about a day and a half. Enjoy your Saturday. It'll be a big one. Thanks.